is going on, Roto-Grinders? Dean here. It's Dean7904 if you want to get all technical on me. It is 5.30 on the East Coast, 2.30 in the West Coast, 4.30 Tennessee time. Of course, it's time for the flagship show here at Roto-Grinders. It is called, it's called Grinders Live. And joining me today, it's my, uh, my friend. I'm, I'm going to say friend. It's Grant Neifer. What's going on, Grant? What's up, friendo? Hey, guys. I'm, you know, just, just ate some delicious grilled cheese and tomato soup because oh. I'm an adult. That's and not a, that's no uh, adults don't eat that actually. It was on brioche, and yes, adults do eat that. <laughs> I don't think so. Grilled cheese is there? Is there a restaurant that actually has grilled cheese for adults? It's always on the kids menu, is it not? Yeah, no, literally, there's specific grilled cheese restaurants. Name the chain that does that. There's no chain grilled cheese restaurant. Big grilled cheese that doesn't exist is the point I'm making. I Bob mean, and pop grilled cheese, maybe hipster grilled cheese, maybe. Um, the melt, <laughs> the melt in Denver, Colorado. I presume. Uh, no, they have a bunch in L.A. Uh, they oh. grilled cheese society is in Denver. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> the melt shop is. It's actually founded by Five Guys franchise group. All right, fair. I mean, you said it as like that's a great selling point, which is kind of funny. You're like, well, Five Guys approve. I mean, it was yeah. it was just a fact. We got Devin, our fabulous multitasking producer, chiming in here in the chat and YouTube. What up, YouTube? Like, subscribe, smash, caress, tap, whatever you want to do to that like button, just as long as it makes the, the thumb go up. That's good times for sure. We do appreciate that. Helps the channel out immensely. Oh, Devin said he's been there a couple days ago, the uh, the grilled cheesery in Nashville. There you go. Yeah, I, I lived in Nashville for several years, and I've never partook. I, I guess I missed out, I suppose. Well, you but don't like a- any cheese that's not just... Well, no, cheese. I'm pro cheese, but I don't, I'm not. It's not unanimous. Like I name one non-white cheese that you like. Munster's got orange around the edges. No, that's 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 still a white cheese. It, no, it's not fully white. There's some. Orange. It's not fully white, but if you put peppers or anything, if you put food coloring into mozzarella, it's still a white cheese. I don't know. This is not a cheese DFS show, uh, Grant. This is major league baseball. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but cheese is good. Works at this company. Oh, why well, do you know that? That's one Dave Potts, I believe. That's a good segue. I'm going to confirm. I'm fairly certain. No, he's, yeah. Oh, it's going to be Cardi on the next show. Cheese is good. Dave Potts, I think, was supposed to be on the next show, premium show. Uh, you know, Crunch Time, you guys are aware of that, which uh, Kevin Roth is on there as well. Uh, it's going to be Derek Cardi filling in. I, I think Cheese was out because of, uh, oh, STL cards too. You guys get to a threesome there. That'll be good times for sure. Just six games with three analysts there. Uh, I think there's weather issues in Alabama. I think there was no, like a hurricane of some sort, maybe some water. Yeah, there you go. I should know this, but uh, you know, hopefully everybody's safe and hopefully she's is safe as well. Some electricity issues out there, but yeah, if you guys are pre members, uh, of course, check that out. Uh, there's other shows going on as well too. I know there's some football shows that have already been taped, taped. What year is this recorded? They're up on the, uh, the, the YouTube uh, links as well. Check out the channel. Again, like, subscribe. to get them all. Crane Pick 6 was on last night. That was good times for sure. And later on, I don't know. Do you dabble this at all, Grant? There's a showdown slate. I believe it's Tambo. Uh, I want to say it's Tambo and Blender. I could be wrong, but I feel – Oh, it's yeah, it's definitely Tambo and the Luch. Justin Carlucci. Are you playing the football, the one-gamer tonight, Grant? Are we excited about that? Uh, I will be. But I okay. realized that I didn't have – so very often on the show, I forget to put in lineups. That's important. Beforehand. <laughs> I forget to put up, put in lineups beforehand. So I just, I don't get into the, some of the, some of the things I want to get into. So I am now just reserving my spot 
And wow, there's not a lot of great contests tonight. I gotten some for the NFL just for the one gamer to have for funsies. I'm not playing a ton, but a couple hundred bucks just have a good time, I suppose, and watch. I mean, I'll have my eye on that game, but of course, Grant, I gotta have my eye on uh, the Miami Heat. You have you heard? They're in the they're in the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. Are you aware? What? Yeah, <laughs> they beat Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I won four hundred bucks on them the other night. Oh well, congratulations! There you go. Um, yeah, Who's not, as, win win? not as great as when I won the bet that I made three months ago about the Nuggets going to the Western Conference Final. Ironically, the bet I made before the game, just on the money line, had the same odds and bigger payout. So it was literally just a promo they ran months ago. And is that because you live in Colorado and they do like Colorado based sports team promos? Is that what's going on? Yeah, a lot of them. Like, I think the nice part about that game is I think it bet MGM had a what's it called? A uh, contest or a bet where it was Joker to get a triple double. Of course, he did get a triple double in the third quarter. And so that paid oh, like wow. plus 800 or something like that. They had a boost. So that was a free 200 bucks. Look at you, man. Money bags. We, 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 we be up. Uh, the mother, you're just splurging on that tomato soup, I suppose. That doesn't pay for itself. I guess that's where you get the money for that. Buck 50 got on sale. <laughs> uh, we do want to mention, speaking of promos, how about that? There's a seamless segue. Uh, Devin, uh, when, uh, he, he dropped that uh, link in chat already for you guys. The Core 4 Premium Subscription. Uh, you can try it today at a discount. You get $5 off your first month of premium. That's baseball, football, basketball. And golf, which uh, I believe the U.S. Open started today. A lot of people were tilting that on Twitter. I did not dabble. But, uh, yeah, you guys get that. Uh, $5 off. Check out the link. Good times there for sure. And I got to take my victory lap. You're taking your victory laps on these uh, silly bets you've had. Uh, hey, I actually don't have a winner today for the sharp side. But I am now in the money on the sharp side app. Uh, you get yourself a streak of six. I am going streaking. We had the Yankees last night on the run line, like minus 137. No sweat at all. They absolutely uh, smashed. Oh, Higashioka, by the way. Shout out to Higashioka, who uh, I cast GPPs with Jacob DeGrom, thanks to Higashioka and DJ LeMahieu. Good times for sure. Um, I had almost no Yankees, and I still broke even. Real? Did you not play? <laughs> Is that what happened? No, I zero don't. Zero in, I, zero out? I don't, I don't even know. I have to look at my lineup stacks like cashed. But, yeah, it was a weird – I won 100% Cleveland stacks, and still broke even. I don't – I honestly now can't figure out – and I played no Yankees. Yeah, that, that seems kind of weird. I'm trying to remember. You know what? This is Daily Fantasy Sports Grant. We don't care about yesterday. We don't care about tomorrow. We care about tonight and tonight only. Before you do that, give, give me your sharp uh, side winner. What, what, do, what do you have? I know you picked somebody. You submitted somebody to Devin. I did not partake because I didn't feel great about somebody. Now I'm hesitant. I want to pick my spots. Maybe we'll get a winner tomorrow. But uh, I didn't love anything on the board. What say you? Uh, I picked Philly. I mean, Nola going against Lugo. Uh, Lugo has been good so far this year. But Noel is, in my opinion, better. The Mets are going to blow it, and like they always blow every single game. Um, <laughs> like I know that the Phillies' water lineup is watered down. I just had to pick someone. I'm I'm not terribly high on that. I'm like it was slightly worse odds, but I have the Cleveland run line at minus one point five. Yeah, uh, that I was at minus one sixty. It didn't. It, it couldn't be a lock bet, so that's not my lock bet. My lock bet is Philly money line, uh, but. Yeah, I, I I like Cleveland plus the runs. Although last night they crushed my soul. Yeah, I looked at Cleveland on the run line as well too because they all they have to do is score two runs, right? And they they went in the run line because Beaver's pitching tonight. 
Um, actually, Alan wrote a good article today. He, he actually stepped in for, uh, for Cheese, if you guys are free members, and he was talking about recency bias. We'll talk about this late in a second. And you know, We talked about it briefly before the show, Grant. It's really, really straightforward as far as a six-gamer. Like, you know who the best hitters are. You know who the best pitchers are. And then it's like, okay, what do I do with this information when it comes to baseball with the highest variance and ownership? And how do you want to play it? And you'll reveal that in a second. You kind of hinted at the Indians as being one of the teams you're into. You know, just because DeGrom didn't work the other day and just because Flaherty blew up the other day, that has nothing to do with Bieber and talking about recency bias. It doesn't mean, oh, well, this, these guys can get blown up. They all can get blown up. Of course these things can happen. But, like, it doesn't mean – Bieber's due to not pitch well because things didn't go good for DeGrom. And I don't know if he walks that inning or not, but like he had a, his defense did him no favors. There's a couple of Roger Dorn plays out there. Uh, and, you know, and also I guess he got hurt. He was fighting in the dugout. Look, he wanted to, wanted to stay in. And they're already saying right now that uh, he's probably going to be going to go for his next start, but I don't know. We'll see. It didn't work out for, uh, for the DeGrom owners, but um, yeah. What are your thoughts as far as that? We'll talk about the slate in a second specifically, but general thoughts as far as, you know, recency bias and how we can apply that and use that as leverage against the field potentially. There's no leverage. He's got, we got him pegged for 60% ownership. Okay. So like, <laughs> as, I was saying as like a general thought, but yeah, I, I don't, I still, I, my, my point is I don't care. Like I don't care what, what DeGrom did. I don't care what Flaherty did. Beaver is a different person. It's a different situation. Everything's case by case. And people are going to say, well, those guys didn't work out. So this guy, why am I going to spend him on Beaver? Also, he's been the best pitcher in baseball this year. It's completely insane what he's doing. Uh, let's go ahead and pull those numbers up. Sure, why not? Let's show off the plate IQ grant. I imagine you have that as well. I have that open to this exact page, and I see a lot of red for Detroit. Not a lot of red for Bieber. Yeah, so Bieber this year has got a 41.3% K rate, which is completely insane. He doesn't walk anybody, 6.5% uh, walk rate. As far as his ISO, it's incredible, especially against lefties. Uh, the splits as far as K's versus lefties and righties, essentially the same 39.7% as far as striking out lefties. And then speaking of striking out, Kings uh, K's are king, obviously. And that Detroit side collectively, Grant, versus righties, this is against your average run-of-the-mill righty, not against your Beavers, uh, is striking out at 29%. Like, how do we not How do we not play Beaver? Uh, again, you consider ownership and uh, you know, line of construction and all that, but it's just a phenomenal play. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, you said it. You read off his stats. It's it's what he's doing right now is just absolutely incredible. I mean, we thought that Garrett Cole was doing great last year. Now Bieber's doing pretty much the same exact thing. He draws one of the best matchups on the board. Legitimately, could go for fifty points tonight in a complete game shutout with like fifteen Ks. I don't know if I'm going one hundred percent on him. He is my favorite play by far. The main thing is I'm just I'm trying to do different things. Um, I may switch some stuff around, but like, as of right now, I think I have 60% ownership in Bieber right now, and it's probably going to go up from there. The main thing is I really like some of these Cleveland bats. So it's tough. And obviously we have Coors on the slate, so it's kind of tough to play any like high price bats unless you're throwing in some real cheapies here. Yeah, uh, and I think the Fandle conversation for Bieber, because, you know, your SB2 on DK can kind of subdue the prices, and we keep talking about the same old story as far as DK, is that there is a plethora, uh, not as many as there normally is, because there's only six games, but a, a plethora of cheapies. Like you can you can get the biggest arms in the slate and still get a collection of, of the biggest bats. You can't get everything you want, but there are some cheapies that kind of sort of open things up. By the way, you got boots on the ground. Have you been outside? You're in Denver. What's the weather like outside? It's like 85, I think. 
Alexa. Nope. No, I'm not going to ask her. She just told me 85. Uh, it's 85 degrees outside. Man, that was a good guess on my part. It's nice out. It's sunny. It's not that smoky because thank you, snow, for coming in the middle of beginning of September. It snowed like a week ago. That's so weird. It was literally a week ago, 30 degrees outside. <laughs> and now on Friday, it's going to be 90. Literally two days later, it was named Detroit, not Detroit. Denver has some of the weirdest weather in the world. Like, it, yeah, the saying they go with is, don't like the weather here? Wait 15 minutes because it really changes drastically. I don't know if it's because of the altitude. I don't know what it is, but it, it's, it's got weird weather. But it's really nice outside, great hitting weather. If we pull up, I wonder what weather edge says. It's probably pretty similar to what it's Slight negative, slight negative. Uh, and neg- negative 2.3 as far as homers, uh, positive 1.6 as far as runs and a positive 1.9% as far as ERA. And that's a 223-game sample, so it's basically neutral. It's more than 123. That's that's math. <laughs> By the way, that, that saying is not a monopoly because they say that same thing in Florida as well, too. Sometimes in Florida you can see it raining in the front yard and, like, sunny in the backyard, which is kind of weird. But, uh, yeah. yeah, business in the front, uh, party in the rear, is that, is that that's, a whole, that's a haircut. That's what you have, I think, going on kind of sort of somewhat. Is that is that a party in the back? It's not really business up front, though. It's it's a certain kind of business. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, no. I, I just I just I just look good, and that's my business. Yeah. Well, hey, I wasn't saying it didn't look good. You know, if, 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 hit, hit the like button if you think Grant looks good. Let's see. I'll, let's see if we can change the thing as far as the like button, or maybe it's just <laughs> going to go backwards. I don't really know how this works actually, but we shall see. We just uh, got twenty dislikes. Darn it, team. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, time to get a hair. Call Fantastic Sam. Um, are, are you local barber shop? Are you do it yourself, or are you, are you like the, the the chain? Where do you go to for the hair? My doctor did it. Your your roommate. My no, my doctor slash tattoo artist. What? Wait, that's your that's your is that not your roommate? No, that's a different person. Okay. Yes. In in between the checkup, like you're turning your head and coughing and getting your haircut at the same time. Yeah. Now let me check your lymph nodes. Let me even up those sideburns and let's fill in that little bird that you have on your back. For the last time, get rid of those sideburns. That's a reference (laughs) for the old people out there. The old Simpsons episode. Uh, I believe that was, was that Saxy Boy or is that Mattingly? I don't recall. Somebody tell me in the chat. You guys know the reference, Mr. Burns. All right. um, What do we have here? Bieber. We're playing Bieber, right? Is that what we're doing? And you talked about like being different. If you're playing the Indians, uh, I think that's kind of if you're stacking Cleveland, isn't that different enough? Yeah, I mean we have Lindor pegged at around four percent ownership. Jose Ramirez at six percent. Carlos Santana is cheap, so he'll be at twelve. But Perez only four percent. If you want to round out a stack, Naylor, yes, he could get pinch hit for or Mercado mm-hmm. is less likely to because he's going up against a righty. But Mice has been bad versus lefties so far this season. We look at his numbers. And a lot of people, some people I think are going to use him as a cheap play. He's obviously shown some upside at certain points, but since that White Sox game has not really been great, is not striking guys out at an above average clip. That was mostly where his numbers came from, like his higher strikeout numbers, if I remember correctly. I'm going to click it and double check, but he's just not as great as people think that he is. Um, he's really raw. He doesn't have a great out pitch for lefty so far. He has a, throws a splitter, I think, but isn't really that great. He did have a decent outing going up against the White Sox last time. Again, seven Ks in the first outing versus the White Sox, five in the last one. He hasn't had more than four Ks in any other start. Granted, he hasn't gone too far into the games, but his K rate is much lower versus other teams. 
it, he's just not that great of a pitcher right now. He's not ready. Like he's absolutely got some promise. He's twenty. Yeah, big time prospect. Not a complete project, basically. Yeah, I mean, it, it just is what it is, and he's really struggled versus lefties so far. It's because, if I remember correctly, he likes to throw his fastball a lot. We look at his numbers versus righties, and his fastball's been great versus it. But when your fastball's coming in the other direction, I can't remember what his arm angle is. It's going to be a lot better for lefties. We look at the Woba for fastballs versus lefties, and I think it's over 430. Um, so he can absolutely get taken out of the yard absolutely get just beat up and he walks a lot of lefties. I mean, look at this lineup, one, two, three, four, five, six, six different lefties in this lineup, most of which have a huge walk rate. Mize is going to get beat up here. I think the Indians put up 10 runs. I think Mize ends up walking four guys in the first two innings and doesn't make it past three. Yeah. By the way, speaking of big time prospects, we were talking about this pre-show as well to the former number one pick in the draft. Uh, is making, I think, his debut tonight. I don't believe he's played baseball just yet in the majors. Mickey Moniak, I don't know if that's how we pronounce that, for the for Philadelphia. And I was like, oh, I got excited. I was like, this could be the cheapie and kind of help open things up for us. I don't think he's available. At least we couldn't find him in the, either the DK player pool or the or the FanDuel player pool. He's batting ninth tonight for Philadelphia, so we don't think he's playing. Oh, according to his player card here in Rotogrinders, I think he's 7 bucks on Yahoo, which is the still minimum. So maybe that could help. He's batting ninth at home, so he might only get three at-bats, but still – uh, if you're looking for some savings, maybe he's interesting. And uh, looking at his minor league numbers, he had some power, he had some speed, again, and big-time pedigree being the former number one pick out of uh, out of high school, I believe. Uh, By the way, the chat's asking what my hair is. It's the Josh Donaldson since his baseball season. Did you see what Josh Donaldson did today? Uh, I think he hit a home run. He did it a home run, but you see what – I think he did something – to my knowledge, I don't think it's ever happened before. Um, so he – it was a 2-0 count. And there was a ball that was outside, clearly outside. And, he, you know, the umpire called it a strike. Josh Donaldson kind of barked at him a little bit. Nothing too crazy. He didn't get thrown out of the game. Very next pitch, I think it was the very next pitch. Might have been edited. Not really sure. I wasn't watching live. Very next pitch, he banged out a homer, right? Banged out a homer as he's coming home for the home run. He must have said something. He was, like, mocking the umpire. He kind of swiped at the kick dirt at the, at the plate. The umpire threw him out. <laughs> you ever see a guy hit a home run and get thrown out in the same play? Amazing. I think that's happened before. I don't know. I mean, just play along. Tell me who it happened to. I don't know. I feel like Jose Batista. Phil Rizzuto did it back in 1937. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. But I just thought that – and you're happy, right? Like, it, it, there's no tilt there, I don't think, if you have Donaldson. Like, you're okay with that? I'll, I'll trade a homer for an ejection. I'm yeah, I mean, it depends on what inning it is. If that was the first inning, it'd be like – <laughs> Great. If it's like the eighth inning, like, all right, he wasn't going to get another at bat. Good for him. <laughs> the chat, it's just, it's just Dean's proctologist is also his tax guy. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> or finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's a good time saver. I imagine you get the barber, you get the, you get the doctor. What else did this person do for you? Um, tattoo artist. Tattoo. Yeah. Would you have any tattoos? No, <laughs> but Did if I need one, artist? she's doing it. In a in a pinch, like if you if you don't have any tattoos, I don't think you have a tattoo artist. I'm pretty sure that's how. That Can you have a lawyer if you've never actually been to court? Well, you could have settled that out, out of out of a uh, you know. If you've of, never had yeah. to use them and you just have one on retainer, do you still have a lawyer? Um, By the way, people are telling me that oh, you said to play the Indians yesterday. Yeah, I did. It did not. Well, you were wrong. You're, why, why are you back in the show? You were wrong about something. You're supposed to be perfect with this. 
Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's just because something doesn't work one day doesn't mean it's not going to work the next day. Like, this is how the slate plays out. Yesterday, we had five teams, six teams that drew much higher ownership who were in similar matchups who had a much higher run total. Today, we have four. We have four teams today that have a high run total. We have Houston, we have Coors, and we have the Yankees. All of them are going to draw some significant ownership. The Indians, not that far behind them, going to come in at way less ownership anytime on a six-game slate where several teams are just entirely out. Like, no one's playing the Rangers. Yes, they could do something, but more likely, no. No one's playing Detroit, and you shouldn't play Detroit, I don't think. No one's playing the Pirates. So you get drastically lower ownership for slightly less probability of a big game with both the Indians and the Cardinals. This is how game theory works. This is how you get an edge. You get a lot lower ownership and just doing perfect pivots like Jose Ramirez is almost a perfect pivot to uh, Arenado or to Turner. And Lindor is almost a perfect pivot to Seager or to Story. Like Story, yes, he's going up against a lefty, but Urias has kept the ball on the ground predominantly going up against righties so far this season. He's actually given up way more fly balls and way more hard contact to righties. Freeland is a huge ground ball pitcher going up against Seager, lefty-lefty matchup. So you're getting Seager at four or five times the ownership, maybe six times the ownership, and Story six times the ownership of Lindor with, what, a 15% higher probability of having a better score? Like, Lindor is in a spot where there's 13 mile per hour winds blowing out to center. Weather hedge as is a slight upgrade, I think a 15% upgrade in terms of home runs today in the ballpark. I'm going to double check right here, 5%, but 15% increase to, uh, to runs. Going up against a rookie pitcher, not a guy that was in Cy Young contention like Freeland, not a guy with a ton of talent like Urias. He's going up against a rookie pitcher who is not very good Struggles against lefties. That's the better side of the plate for Lindor. So just and I'm going off on this tangent because there's only six games and we only have like three pitchers that we actually need to talk about. Yeah, I think it's just worth a good conversation. And I also just want to say, I don't want to cut you off, keep going, but I do want to say this feels like an amazing slate for like a game theory, people that like, you know, to, to go over the ownership uh, and, and leverage and all that kind of stuff. And also the condensed only six games. There's only so many routes. There's only so many things that can beat you. If it's a 15-game slate, it's a 14-game slate. There's so many other things that can come that, that could chase you down. But if Lindor only has to beat like four guys and nobody's going to play him, he's also talented. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, no, that was that's, that's pretty much like you play the numbers in cash. Like you're playing to optimize your points and your consistency in cash. In tournaments, you're playing a whole different set of numbers. So realize that Lindor, Ramirez, perfect pivots over away from. Seager, Turner, Arnado, Story. Like, Jose, Carlos Santana is going to work up the pitch count. So there's also the situation where Cleveland ends up with seven runs in the first two innings. Matt Mize gets pulled. They just throw guys in. They just throw whoever in there. Detroit obviously doesn't care a whole lot. Their bullpen isn't great. But they throw in the bad bullpen arms and just guys that will do long relief. We know the odds second, third time through the order that batters do better against pitchers. We know all these numbers. So there is a scenario where Coors only ends up with four runs. In fact, that scenario happens a whole lot, especially when you have two very talented pitchers on the mound like Urias and like Freeland. It's a weird thing. Is people think Freeland's terrible, and he's not terrible. He's also a ground ball guy too. And you know, I want righties. More, I, I want the Dodger, you know, the power Dodger lefties more so against a right-handed pitcher, obviously. And 
it is worth noting that the Dodger bullpen, I'm sorry, the, the Rocky bullpen is all right-handed. So it's, it's definitely a plus to, which to my knowledge, let's say I've changed something today, but for whatever reason, the Rockies don't think you should have a lefty in their bullpen. That's the way it's been for a while now. Uh, just kind of odd. Uh, so, you know, for sure, that's going to be a plus to uh, guys like Seager, guys like Muncie, guys like Ballinger later on the game. Edwin Rios cracked the lineup as well, too, for what it's worth. And I think we have uh, the chat was talking about uh, the Rockies lineup came out as well, too. Anything goofy here? Uh, Tapia's story of Blackman, Arenado, Pilar, Kem Fuentes, Hampton, and Walters. So we thought, I think we thought it was going to be a different Diaz, maybe being as the catcher, but Walters uh, takes that nine spot. He's 2.5K on Fandle. I don't have the price on DK up in front of me right now. I saw there was a question in chat there. It's like, do we talk DK? Do we talk Fandle? Uh, one over the other. I try to cover both. I'm playing both, and I do my best, to, like especially if there's a an outlier, meaning like one guy's distinctly more playable on Fandle or vice versa. I try to point that out, uh, Grant. And as far as the Bieber thing too, like I built a lineup of Bieber earlier, you know, before the show. I didn't like it. Like I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of good bats. Uh, on Fandle, and I'm probably going to run that in cast just because I want to get my 50 points out of Beaver uh, on Fandle, just kind of you know go to bat with uh, the rest of my sticks. But I don't feel great about my Beaver lineup. I think it's fine, but you know I didn't get bets in there. It's really really hard to get bets in Beaver on, on Fandle. I I, I want to do that. I want to try to make that work. Um, but as of right now, that's not happening, unfortunately. Let's let's talk about Nola Grant because you mentioned uh, the Philadelphia was your pick as far as the sharp side. Uh, and that's just because you think Noel's a better pitcher than Lugo. Of course, that Philadelphia lineup is not very good. They're still without Real Muto. Your boy, Reese Hoskins. Oh, I'm sorry. RIP to Reese Hoskins. I think he's going to have Tommy John. I think he's going to be done for the year. So, so I know that's your guy, but, uh, you know, sorry. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for reminding me of that. Well, I was telling the people there, too, that there's no Hoskins in case they, you know, he's not lurking in the bench. He's nowhere to be seen. Um, and that, I mean, Andrew Knapp is batting sixth. What else do you need to know there? It falls off pretty quickly as far as that Philadelphia lineup. But uh, talking about Nola as a pivot off of Beaver, and I think, again, as always, you can for sure, you can play Beaver, you can play Nola, and you can play bets on DK, and it's not that hard to do that. But go ahead. Talking about Nola. Uh, Nola, he's been fantastic this year. He hasn't been quite as good as Bieber, but he's been very good. As a pivot off of Bieber with 60% ownership, I'm never going to make an argument against that. He's going up against a lineup, though, that has six lefties in it which Nola has been significantly worse versus lefties. 26% carry rate compared to 40 point, 42% carry rate versus righties. He's given up a much higher exit velocity. He's given up the same amount of hard contact, but not getting as many ground balls. It's just a worse spot. He walks lefties at a higher rate, which means the pitch pack count's probably going to end up getting higher. Bieber is, however, going up against a team where he doesn't walk a lot of guys. They don't walk a lot. They strike out a lot. So the pitch count is going to be up to decide. He's pitching... For Cleveland, who I don't know if you know this, they let their pitchers go way too many pitches almost every single time. Uh, it's just a spot where I don't even care about ownership that much. It's not You're not getting giant leverage. I don't think that Nola ends up outscoring Bieber by 15, in which case if he does end up scoring, outscoring Bieber by 15, you probably could get any number of other guys that can go off for a pretty decent score in comparison. I'll have a share or two of Nola. But there's him, there's Valdez, who's also going to come in at high ownership, who I think is the right guy to fade in this spot and not uh, Bieber. Why, why is Valdez the right guy to fade? It's like an SP2 on DK. He's going to be 44% owned. Like, he is a good pitcher, but he can absolutely get into some trouble. I get that's a very good spot for him going up against Texas. Texas does not have a lot of good bats. Has a lot of Ks in that lineup here. Has a lot of guys that really probably shouldn't be in the majors. 
Valdez has been great. He's got 24% K rate on the season so far. But we look at his matchups he's had. I think the last time he faced Texas, he did pretty well. But he had a negative matchup versus the Angels. He didn't do well against the Dodgers. Grand, both of them are tough matchups. He hasn't always succeeded. He had a nice run of very good games, and he's faltered a little bit in the last two. He's priced at 9.2K, and he's not nearly as good of a pitcher as Nola is. I'd rather bet on the uh, the talent of Nola compared to the talent of Valdez than the matchup when you're going to get half the ownership. I know he's 900 more bucks and we need more money, but honestly, like, I'm predominantly going to be on th- maybe three pitchers in all likelihood. And yeah, I mean, that matchup is really good, obviously, against Texas. You, you talked about some players that shouldn't be in the majors just yet. Tavares hitting off is one of those guys. He's been overmatched 33% as far as striking out. Gallo, you love seeing him in there because he strikes out 44% of the time. Of course, he's got this massive power, but he strikes out a ton. Uh, Hoff looks overmatched, too, from a small sample that I've seen him. You know, he's a bit of a prospect, but he probably shouldn't be uh, in the majors just yet. And I'll tell you something interesting. You talk about pitch count, and Houston's let Valdez go. Uh, 82 last time out, but he wasn't very good. Previously, 108 pitches. Before that, 94. Before that, 113. Before that, 101. 95, 103. They're not babying this guy. Uh, of course, you got to pay for him. He's 9.2K and DK. Trying to find the FanDuel price. Do the FanDuel price up in front of you right now? I do. Never mind. I'm scrolling and I'm finding it. 9.1. Yeah, he, he can get that quality start for you, and it certainly opens up a couple extra bats. And while Bieber might outscore him by 20 points, that's basically a solo home run. Um, it gives you a different shuffle as far as your sticks, and I don't hate the idea in tournaments. Also, he's got massive win equity, too, at minus 272 as, as far as the line. Um, you got to assume Houston, you know, I know they didn't score last night until the ninth or 10th inning. Was that a one nothing game? Those Houston bats have been pretty weak all season long. Um, yeah, he's in play for tournaments for me as an SB2 on DK. He's in play for, uh, you know, on Fandle just to get a different shuffle and kind of open up the bats to some degree. Uh, talk to him about Lugo. We kind of mentioned him in passing. The K rates are pretty good. This Philadelphia lineup's not very good. 7.2 on Fandle. Again, I think that's playable. Uh, I really want Bieber because I think he's going to absolutely smash. But, again, uh, you can only get so many sticks when you have Bieber in your lineup. What are you doing there? Uh, I'll have – I think – I'm running five lineups as of right now. I'll have one share of Lugo. Um, I get that his numbers are good on the season. I get that he's had good K stuff and even as a starter has had good K stuff. But he has just been a starter for a little bit here. He finally got stretched out to 91 pitches. He can maybe go 100 pitches in this spot here. It's an easy matchup because this is very watered-down Philly lineup. But I'd rather go Tanaka. All right, sell me on Tanaka, who's been – I mean, he's been really, really good against righties. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And there's there's a good amount of righties in this lineup, if I'm not mistaken, for Toronto. Uh, there is a decent amount of righties. Some of them are actually decent. And there's a decent amount of lefties. But I'm not really worried about panic. I'm not really terribly worried about VR, who has not been good from the left side of the plate all season long. Biggio is a good bat, but Shaw really not that great of a bat and has a whole lot of strikeouts. Tanaka strikes out both sides of the plate at a pretty decent amount. So what we're really worried about is the strikeout, uh, or not the strikeout, the long ball going up against lefties. And panic, I'm absolutely not worried about that. Neither am I with VR. So you essentially have two lefties that might take him out of the ballpark. What do you think is ISO is versus righties so far this year? I know what it is. I was looking at it before, and it's incredible. It's .034. It's only 62 hitters, but that is awesome. That's probably like like a couple extra base hits, basically. I mean, it's, it's not a lot. 
Yeah, so the biggest thing with him is he doesn't walk guys. He's got a 3.4% walk rate on the season. And the main guys that we're worried about, their lefties in the lineups, are Panic and VR. Well, the main guys we're worried about are actually Sean Biggio. All the lefties in the lineup don't really walk too much, and they don't go for power. So I'm not terribly worried about what he's going to do against them. But he has a chance to go later into the game. I know the Yankees will generally pull him if he's getting into any trouble. But he's gone over 90 pitches in the last two, 88 in the one before that. He's put up – He's averaged 20 points over his last three starts. He's sitting there at 7.8K grand two starts work against Baltimore. But he's been fairly good recently. He can absolutely get on a roll. If he doesn't end up giving up a home run, they'll keep him in for a while. And like I said, two lefties in the lineup that can hit the ball to the ballpark. Home run props with them and realistic home run expectancy is less than 25% for each of them. It's probably closer to 15% for shot. So, Yes, he can absolutely give up a home run versus a righty, but the home run probability for Panic is probably around 4%. The home run probability for VR is probably around 10%. So the chance of him actually giving up a home run this spot are not very good, not very likely, and that's how he can get through all these guys, especially with the higher-than-average K rate in this spot. He's not going to walk a ton of guys who has a chance to go seven innings in the game, even though the Yankees have a good bullpen. They might let him go longer because it's getting closer to the playoffs. They want him fully stretched out just in case he was gone over 90 pitches, like I said, in the last two matchups. So Tanaka is a more proven guy than is Lugo. Lugo is going to come in at, what, seven times the ownership? No. Is that what we're seeing? I'm not always sure. I uh, no, it's 13, 13 compared to 35. I know that's different on every single site. I don't know where I got that number from. It might have been the early day ownership projections. Um, but uh, I was thinking seven. We, we got to get handle. moving as far as sticks, but I did want to say extreme hitters umpire for Nola and Lugo for what it's worth. Uh, pitcher's umpire for Tanaka, uh, and Valdez is a hitter's umpire. No extremes. That's the three umpire data things we have as of right now. We got to kind of pick up the pace here, Grant. Somehow we got sidetracked on a six-game slate. We're doing a lot of game period. Well, it's because I went off on Ramirez and Lindor for like 10 minutes. Well, yeah, so like you, people know you like Cleveland, and like there you go. Yeah, so I'm not even going to mention Cleveland, but I have to play all of them um, outside of maybe Naylor and Nyquin, although they're not the worst item in the world because of their price tags, but they have a chance for getting pinch hit for. But we'll start off here with catcher, I'm assuming you want me to start off with. Yeah, go for it. Have at Will it. Smith is by far the best option. It's not even remotely close. He's 4.6K, but he's got a decent spot in the batting order. He's going up against a lefty, and he's in cores. It's that simple. Just play him if you can. Walter's on the other side. I know it's a lefty-lefty matchup, but that means he's less likely to get pinch hit for. And he's only 2.1K. If you don't want to go with either of them, then you don't really have a ton of options. <laughs> but you've got Molina in here. You've got Sanchez. You've got Moltenado. You've got Knapp if you really need to save money as a pivot off of. Uh, Walters is probably going to be a little bit more chalky because he is cheaper and he is in cores. Uh, but that's pretty much it for catcher. Catcher is pretty simple. If you want, play whoever's in your stack. Play Perez if you want to because I know I am because I'm playing a bunch of Cleveland bats. Uh, but that's catcher super simple. Yeah, it's pretty awful. I'm not really sure if you can get to Smith and Cash and DK, but I like the idea of getting there. Uh, somebody asked in the chat who I'm going to play in DK as far as my starting pitchers. Like Bieber and Nola is almost definitely going to be my cash game pitcher. So I can't make Nola work. I think I'm fine stepping down the Valdez. And like you, I, I'm okay sprinkling it as an SB2. I, I'm almost definitely going to lock in Bieber and just have to play and just rotate through Bieber with Valdez, Bieber with Lugo, Bieber with Tanaka. And that's probably it. I don't think I'm going to get the minds we shall see. Um, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, and I will say, Fandle specific, normally you don't play a catcher there. You don't want to play a catcher there because you don't have to play a catcher there. But just the way this slate lines up, Will Smith, I want to say it's 3.3 or 3.4K, batting fifth in cores, 6.8 total we're seeing now as far as the team. Uh, I think Will Smith is very much in play on FanDuel, even in your cash game. 
I'm okay with that as well. Talk to me about first. First base, Void is probably the number one option. He's got a good matchup. He's 4.9K, just play him. Goldschmidt's got it in a decent spot, obviously, fantastic hitter. You can go with either of the guys over in Coors on the Dodgers side, Muncie or Bellinger, but both are lefty-lefty matchups right now. I'm not as high on them as a lot of people are. I will play a little bit of them, but, again, I'm probably mostly fading Coors. Santana's one of my favorite. I guess I wouldn't talk about Cleveland bat space. 3.6K, too cheap, really like him. His numbers have not been great this season, but he's due for some positive regression. You look at his stat cast stuff, and he's been very similar to what he was last year. Still getting a decent amount of hard contact, still getting a decent amount of fly balls, and again, Mize is very bad versus lefties. Outside of that, really not a ton that I'm interested in. I was looking at the chat. I apologize. Did you mention Voight? Yes, Voight's the number one option. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Yankees, uh, who's... Uh, no, take game theory out of it, and let's say the Dodgers are supposed to be the highest-scoring team on the slate. Who's your second favorite team if ownership wasn't a thing? Because if ownership's not a thing, I think it's the Yankees. Uh, yeah, it's probably the Yankees. I, it's the Yankees or the Rockies. Like, that's I'm, probably the I'm Yankees. I'm not really on the Rockies. Like, they're fine, but I, I think that's the one thing I'm going to probably have uh, not a lot of. Uh, you know, I, I think Arias is a solid pitcher, and I know the Dodgers have a really good pen. Uh, their team total kind of reflects that. Their team's not very good. I know historically, you know, you, you like uh, Arenado and you like Story against lefties, obviously, and they kind of pop. But otherwise, the rest of that lineup with the retreads of uh, Pilar and Kemp and closing it out with, like, Fuentes. Fuentes cracked the lineup, too. There, somebody in the chat was asking about Walters, and Walters is terrible. He's at home. He's batting ninth. But he's 2.1K NTK. If I need a 2.1K, but full flat out. We have 12 catchers on the slate. The predominant amount of the ownership is going to be in Will Smith. This is baseball. Anything can happen. Decent chance that none of the catchers really get there. Yeah. But my point is, like, I don't want to play Walters, but I'm okay doing it. If if it gets me everything else I want, but I'm not, you know, he's in Coors Field, but he still has to hit the ball. Uh, Keystone position, second base. What do you have for me? Second base, Altuve. I know he hasn't been good this year. You look at his stat cast stuff, it's a bit worse, but he's going up against a horrible pitcher in Lyles. So I really just don't care. Lyles is trash. Lyles is terrible. I don't care if he can't even cheat anymore. It does not matter to me. It's Altuve. Kike in the lineup, chance he gets pinch hit for if a righty comes in, which, again, you mentioned. They're all righties. Yeah. So, yeah. Decent and Jock chance. is lurking. Yeah, Jock is lurking. Kike is probably going get to get taken out, but – He's fine. LeMahieu, probably your best raw points option. Uh, Hampson's in the lineup, right? Hampson is batting eighth. Yeah, so Hampson, cheap, Coors, and then uh, Lux isn't in the lineup. But edit my CBRs. Rios is in there, no Lux. Yeah. But I assume yeah. Rios sticks around for the entire game because he's facing a lefty from the start. He's a lefty, and righties are coming in. So I imagine uh, it says nine innings, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then – yeah, outside of that, there's really not a ton I'm interested in. Um, outside of Biggio, again, guy with power going up against Tanaka that has a 272 ISO versus lefty so far this year, and he doesn't strike out a ton. So walks a decent amount. Like I said, that's not going to be a concern. So he's the most likely guy to hit a home run today. Uh, question in chat, how do we feel about Stallings? Um, he's not good. Like He's batting ninth and he's home. He's in a bad ballpark. You know, what it's you hard want. to get excited. It's He's a catcher, and I guess if you're stacking Pittsburgh, maybe, but there's no reason for you to – I'd have no reason to play Stallings. You can play whoever you want. You play who you yes, want. Yes. I know you're I, You're going to get a copyright thing. So your lawyer is going to be contacted. You're finally going to have to use your lawyer. I don't think it's copyright. I believe that it's trademarked. Sir. Whatever. Don't, don't get all lawyery on me. Uh, let, let me ask you this. This is a good strategy question that's worth talking about. 
uh, DK, single entry GPPs. And I'm, if you play the single entry GPPs on DK, the ownership is condensed. The, the best plays are played more often. I think a lot of people throw their cash lineups in there as well. Uh, if you look at the ownership stuff, you fire up the, uh, the results DB here at Rotary Runners, you can see all the, the contests, what everybody's doing. And that's just what happens in those single entry contests. So my question is, do you, I know you like Cleveland, but in the single entry, you want to get paid off in a big field because nobody's playing Cleveland. How about in the single entry where it's more condensed as far as ownership, but the payoff isn't necessarily as high? In all my so, single entries, I have Cleveland sacks. Okay. You understood my question though, right? Yes. So one of the best things you can do is play a whole bunch of different single entry ones and based, base your, like, go with four under-owned stacks. Play four different single entry tournaments. And in the smallest single entry tournament, use the chalkiest stack. And in the biggest single entry tournament, use the least chalky stack. You're essentially multi-entering like you would do in, say, the $15, 50K to first one. But you're doing it in a spot where you're getting highly condensed ownership on the guys or on the main stacks. So you're not really doing single entry, even though they're single entry tournaments, you're doing multi-entry and you're just getting on across different single entry tournaments and using ownership as a leverage. That's that's like Ricky Bobby style, right? Because you're going to finish last a lot. I mean, I mean not who as cares? often as you like, think. Well, it's baseball, so the variance, yada, yada, yada. But yeah. You're just completely going off the reservation uh, when the field's going to be so condensed on certain, on the quote unquote obvious plays. But variance, goofiness, baseball, yada, yada. The absolute worst player. Jacob Stallings could 100%. It's plausible, possible, a non-zero chance that he's the best hitter on today's slate. Possible. Yeah. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. More likely he's the best catcher on the slate. Well, yes. (laughs) Well, sure. We can do that with anybody, but I understand. I mean, there's – Every single catcher on the slate outside of Will Smith is probably around a 5 and a 12% home run chance. And you look at Jacob Stallings' numbers. I'm going to check it right now. He's got two home runs in 2020 so far. So judging by the – he's got roughly a 6% chance of hitting a home run. Gary Sanchez wants to see your lawyer, by the way. He didn't appreciate those shots. I forgot about Gary. He's hitting ninth, though. They're um, probably going to be the winning team. Decent chance of only three and a half at-bats. I would say a 12% likelihood of a home run is about normal with him. Uh, talk to me about the hot corner, third base. Um. Hot corner, third base, Arenado, Turner, two raw points, top options on the slate. For pivots, for tournaments, I clearly enjoy Jose, Jose Ramirez a whole lot more. Uh, Bregman, like you're paying up at third in all likelihood. If you really want to pay down, bomb, only 2.8K. But you're paying up at third most likely no matter what, or you're rounding out a stack with whoever's in there. Uh, we got somebody in chat saying, just want to, I don't want to call anybody out. There's a Stallings is batting 300, but we don't really talk batting average. Stallings is batting 267 and average isn't really indicative of how good he's actually doing. 27 hits, <laughs> three of them could have gone a different way and his batting average drops 20 points. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if it was 300 or 260, but the, I don't think it matters. Like to, for the context of the point I was making is that he has no power. We, we care about the isolated power. Like Joey Gallo, I think is batting 150, 170, I don't know. It's not high, but uh, Harper's a guy that probably doesn't have a high batting average. I don't know batting averages very well. but Batting averages are largely irrelevant in this small of a sample size because there can be 30% variance either way in a 100 at-bat size. He could be batting 220, and he could be batting 310 with the exact same hits, just he happens to get lucky. Like, exact same exit velocity, exact same launch angle. It just happens to be, is someone there or not, or are they able to make a catch, or who is he playing or what ballpark he's in. 
average is largely irrelevant. Look at the underlying stats and you'll get a more accurate view of how well he's actually doing. Yeah. And the point is that like homers win tournaments, not singles also like who cares about the, I, I don't know. A single's like when, when your player gets a single and nobody's on base, do you, I mean, it's fine, I guess. That's okay. We'll take the three points. Uh, yeah. All right. Whatever. We'll move on. Let's talk about shortstop. What do you have for you at shortstop? Story, Seager, two top options on the slate. I'm probably fading them in 100% of my lineups. Because, because of Lindor? Because of Lindor. Um, but I, not just because of Lindor. There's a lot of reasons to, but I just don't want to pay that much ownership on a six-game slate. It's just not worth it to me. I don't want to get 20% ownership. I think we currently have uh, Story pegged at 16%. He's going to be over 20 in most tournaments, he's going to be over 20. Uh, but I'd rather just go other ways. Like, looking at who I got at shortstop, it's Lindor, it's Taylor. I actually do have a decent amount of Taylor, it looks like. But it's pretty much just Lindor for me. He's a perfect pivot off of those two. You're getting a 400 to eight or 400 to $700 difference. I'd rather take him. If he doesn't do anything, he doesn't do anything. But there's more than a one in five chance they end up beating both of them. Uh, Glaber Torres is back. Uh, 3K on Fanduel. I like that price a good bit. 4.2K on DK. I can talk to that too as well. Uh, I just want to say, let me ask you this. Your favorite non-Cleveland guy uh, as far as a big spend, who is that person? Oh, gosh. That's that's kind of tough here. Um, I mean, the answer is supposed to be bets, but like I don't know how different you're going to be. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of the guys that I spend up on. Uh, it's probably Goldschmidt. Yeah, and like he's he's gonna be mostly lost in this. Once upon a time, we used to go nuts about, oh my god, Goldie's facing a lefty. Remember how excited we get about that? Yeah, but it's also in Pittsburgh, yeah. uh, which, if I remember correctly, is worse for righties. It's but, a better ballpark for lefty power as opposed to righty power. Correct. Yeah, no, like I'm trying to find Harper is not a bad idea. Going up against a Chalk Lugo is probably the best spend up outside of Coors. Um, Springer going up against Lyles, but he's going to come in at decent ownership. Harper's yeah, probably your best. One off outside of Coors. Uh, by the way, in that same sort of vein, uh, Gregorius, he's going to be kind of lost in the slate, is he not? He's got some power. Nice ballpark for lefty power there in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah not bad. I don't mind DD at all. I guess we didn't really talk about him because I get laser focused. Because all I have is Lindor. I feel weird yeah. suggesting anyone else if I'm not playing them. you got to do tat life, though, man. You, you, I mean, if, if, he, if he smashes, that's great. And you name seven players, one of those guys does something and – one person that, that listens to you is, I played that one guy you mentioned, and it's like, ah, you're welcome. I nailed the it. The funniest thing is, I think that happened on the first <laughs> baseball slate. Me and Cardi won a guy a million bucks. Yeah. And I'm like, I look at his lineup, I'm like, you took one player that I suggested. Granted that without that player, that you might not have won a million dollars. But this, this one was not me. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, when I, when you, I, you I suggest the White Sox at 1% ownership and I win – a whole bunch of people, five figures. I'm like, all right, I'll take that because they were no one else suggested him. It was just me, which in multiple of those scenarios, it's in the cost of 10, 15 grand. But give, yeah, give, we'll me, give me your favorite outfielders. We're running out of time here, unfortunately. Tapia is the absolute number one outfielder, probably right there with O'Neill, who's 2.8K. O'Neill's got power. It's, it's, it's real simple. He shouldn't be priced like that. Um, he's batting fourth in the lineup. Brault is not very good. Brault is worse versus righties. O'Neill, we worry about strikeouts, but Brault doesn't strike out righties at a huge club. So it's O'Neill and it's Tapia if you want cheap 
Again, I like Tapia because lefty-lefty matchup. He's going to draw less ownership, even though he's still going to draw some because he's facing off in cores and he's at the top of the order, but he's not going to get as much as he should. 3.1K, Urias gives up a lot of hard contact and a lot of fly balls to lefties, although he is pretty good at picking guys off, which limits Tapia's upside. Uh, Outside of that, Stanton's 4.3K. That's a great price tag. Springer's 4.6K. That's a great price tag. Bradley's 3.5K. That's a great price tag. Naylor, Mercado, and what's his name? Uh, well, I can't remember the third guy in the lineup. Uh, probably Naquin. Naquin. All of them have pop. Mize is bad versus lefties, but Mercado is probably not going to get pitch hit for because he's going to be the righties. Naquin and Naylor might, but they're super cheap and they make things work if you want to get Beaver into your lineup and play some other Cleveland bats, so I don't mind throwing them in too. Uh, outside Just want to say, there's a very real chance. You know, those guys only get two at-bats. Mize probably doesn't go through the lineup three times, so – and there's three or four, I was counting him before the, before the show, there's three or four uh, lefties that are There's in four lefties. Also. One is Norris, who's likely not to get to the game. Yeah, Although most likely. you are the one that told me that, so. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, g- give, me, give me some stacks you like today. I don't know. Do you like Cleveland by chance? Anybody off the board? Cleveland's my favorite stack on the board on every single site. Yeah, who, by the way, I should mention, Blackman's only 14 bucks. He's an yeah. absolute lock and load. Dude doesn't strike out, which is the only concern versus Urias. Um but yeah, stacks, it's Cleveland, then it's the chalk. Like, if I'm stacking Cleveland, that means I'm going – I can stack cores however I really want to. If I'm playing Ramirez and I'm playing Lindor, then any Colorado or Dodgers bats I'm stacking, it, I have a drastically different build because every single stack is going to probably have either Seager or Turner, and every single Rockies stack is going to be Story or Arenado. Again, not going to argue with playing them. I'm just absolutely not doing it. Houston's a good stack. But the two best stacks on the board for large field tournaments are the Indians and the Cardinals, and it's not remotely close. I wanted to show off the Roto-Grunners lineup page and how you can kind of get, like, the cheap guys. You sort of use the slider and get it down to, like, 2.8K or 2.9K or 2.7K. Check that out at your own leisure. I'll go ahead and drop that link in chat for you guys. we got to go. But I did want to say FanDuel-specific. O'Neal, you mentioned O'Neal. He's 2.5K there, batting cleanup. Uh, he seems like a pretty much a staple, especially for cash games. Uh, you know, probably going to be heavy alone because uh, heavily owned because it's little in the role of a salary cap. But uh, it is what it is. Do what you want in tournaments. That said, we got to go, Grant. It was good times for sure. The links can be dropped in chat for you guys one more time as far as the Sharp Side app. Check that out. And also the discount we're running here at RG as far as the core four. Get yourself five dollars off your next month: baseball, football, basketball, golf. He was Grant. I was Dean. Stay tuned for crunch time. Go Heat. We're out of here. Holler. Thank you. Thank you.